Hello and welcome to the Eternity Project podcast. My name is Matt Corrigan and I'll be your host along with my wife Esther. Eternity Project is a UK-based Catholic ministry sharing the teaching of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. We really believe that this teaching can change hearts, lives, families and even society as a whole. In today's episode, we're going to be talking with Gemma Wildsmith. Gemma is the third and final member of the Eternity Project team. She works freelance as a missionary within the Catholic Church and has a wealth of experience in ministry leadership and theology. We're going to be talking about how to get into the theology of the body, barriers we might face in reading it, and how we can overcome those barriers. Our special thanks go to One Hope Project for sharing the gift of their music with us. Our intro track is taken from Life in Colour, which is on their second album, Let It Sound. One Hope Project is a creative collective encouraging fresh expressions of worship in the Catholic Church. If you'd like to hear more of their work, head over to onehopeproject.co.uk. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's, yeah. Get, let's yeah. get into this. I think it's going to be a good conversation. I'm excited. So today we are absolutely blessed and privileged to have Gemma Wildsmith with us. Now, I first met Gemma, funnily enough, when I was, we were talking about this before, actually yeah. trying to work out exactly how old I was. We believe I was 12 years old and <laughs> Gemma was leading a youth retreat that I was on. I am somewhere <laughs> in my mid to late 20s now, so I've known Gemma for a very long time. <laughs> More than half of my life, I've known Gemma. And at that point, we would never have known what good friends we would become. And that wasn't until years and years later when I had joined Zion Community, which was the community that I first met Gemma through. And she was still an associate member. She was still connected to the community. So we came back into each other's lives and haven't been able to get rid of each other since. (laughs) agree, Gemma. (laughs) Praise the Lord for that. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Gemma, just tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Yeah, so um, I am um, mid-30s and I live in St Albans in Hertfordshire, which is a very lovely place to live. Um, I grew up in Worcestershire um, in the West Midlands, but I've lived in and around St Albans for kind of the last about nine years my background is in kind of youth ministry, but I now um, work more in kind of formation and spiritual accompaniment is kind of my real passions. And I'm a part-time master's student in theology, hoping to write my dissertation um, on something to do with theology of the body. So yeah, a lot of my time is spent chatting to people, journeying with people, writing, speaking, just living yeah. the dream mm. yeah it's pretty good to be honest I am very privileged and I praise the Lord a lot for being able um to be free to do this kind of stuff um full time yeah that's so good um so with each of these sort of interview style podcasts we want to give our, our listeners a bit of a flavor for um, people's individual journeys with theology of the body we think it's you know it's really it's a really amazing teaching but so much of what we're trying to do is make it practical and, and applicable to people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, can you tell us what your experience of coming to know the theology of the body is or was? And, and can also, can you tell us a bit about how it's changed your life? Absolutely. I would 
love to share with you guys. Um, so I first heard the teaching or some of the teaching of theology of the body in my early 20s um, at a retreat. Mm. But for whatever reason at that point, it didn't really take root in my heart or in my life. I think at that point, I kind of already felt like I knew the the kind of the sexual ethics teachings of the church and kind of just dismissed it as more of the same, basically. Mm. Um, but also at that time, I had just been diagnosed with polycystic ovaries and I knew that that had implications for my identity as a woman. And I'm not sure that I was really ready to delve into that. And I think now looking back, that had a huge impact on how I received kind of some of the teaching. And I just wasn't ready to, yeah, to go there <laughs> mm. with the Lord, I suppose. And also, you know, uh, I've grown up with self-image issues, body image issues. There's unresolved trauma from my childhood. I grew up in an abusive home. And so there was lots of, yeah, different reasons why that teaching was going to be difficult for me to enter into kind of emotionally. And it wasn't until a few years later, I was working at another retreat centre and a friend, an American friend of mine who I worked with, she ended up going to the Theology of the Body Institute in Philadelphia. And she did a course there. And when she came back, she very she started to very subtly change the way that we were leading our retreats. They were more, they became more holistic, they became more focused on the whole person, people's identity, and really kind of preaching the gospel and evangelizing through the lens of theology of the body. And I started to see kind of a response in these young people to a level that I had not encountered before. And she started um, to kind of journey with the community that, that ran the retreats in some of the teaching. And my interest was kind of peaked again. I think I was in a very different place personally. And so then she went home to America, ended up um, settling in Louisiana um, and was working with a ministry called Dumb Ox Ministries, who actually run Theology of the Body summer camps for teenagers and young adults. And so I went over to see her um, and to spend some time in Louisiana and to go to one of these summer camps called Echo. And it was such an incredible, <laughs> really incredible experience. What I encountered there was just what church should be, what family should be, what community should be. It was a community of people really trying to live out the teachings that they were hearing um, of theology of the body, living in a different way. And I felt seen, I felt loved beyond anything I'd encountered before. I felt just completely accepted um, how I was and yeah, everything that was kind of going on inside of me at that time, I started to see it in a new light. 
And as I encountered this truth and kind of allowed this truth and the beauty of it to kind of open my eyes to some of like the disordered ways of thinking and disordered ways of being inside of myself, I found like massive freedom and just a new level of acceptance of myself, a new level of acceptance of my body and coming, I've been on a huge journey coming to love my body and what it's capable of and what it does for me and what it's a sign of. And I, yeah, I've just been on this journey of being more and more authentically myself. And actually, it was so funny because even before I had come home from that camp, I felt like I should come back for the one later in the summer. And actually, Esther ended up coming with me. And that was kind of after that was when the original vision for Eternity Project was born. And it's now, you know, so many years later that we are able to bring it to fruition. But the Lord knows what he's doing. But yeah, so much has changed in that time. As I said, my relationship with my body, my relationship with myself, even actually how I have dealt with bereavement and suffering, um, because it's all to do with my identity and where my identity is rooted and lots of things that the devil has twisted and the lies that I've always believed about myself have been untwisted and brought, brought freedom and truth, I suppose. And actually, I've read lots, I've studied it lots, I've been on retreats and courses since then, and I've just fallen more and more in love with God and with his vision of creation and the way that he desires to be in relationship with me and with humanity and, yeah, just his plan of redemption Mm -hmm. and that there can be true freedom And I use theology of the body a lot. I'm now trained as a spiritual director and I do a lot of spiritual accompaniment with people. And theology of the body just is the basis, you know, like the personalism, the anthropology, Mm. the way of understanding identity is the basis of the way that I walk with people um, through the circumstances. Yeah. And it's that idea of it it being a theology of being human, aside from just being a body. And yeah, you mentioned there suffering and bereavement and actually the whole of life experience human experience not just the experience of being in a body as such yeah and I think one of the things I really love about theology of the body is that it's not just about sexual ethics it's Mm -hmm. not just about marriage it's actually about just yeah what it means to be human how can I be the best person that I can be how can I be authentically myself And actually, how do I make sense of my experience of the human condition, which Mm. is one of longing and yearning and, you know, suffering and knowing that we're made for more than this world has to offer? I actually somehow have to come to peace, a place of peace with that feeling inside of me, that ache inside of me. Um, And that's what theology of the body has done for me. I'm still on the journey. I'm by no means. It's a whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a whole life journey. Now, it's really interesting that you're saying that the initial way that theology of the body impacted you was through hearing it preached and proclaimed by others. Um, And I think that that is 
it's so true, isn't it, that it comes alive in a particular way when you mm. hear it or you see it through the lens of people's real life experiences. Absolutely. It's because it's not just another list of rules or or ways of just ways of understanding something. It's actually an entire lifestyle. Yeah. It is a way yeah. of living. And yeah, to really understand that and is to see it come alive in other people. Sure. sure. Mm. Now I know for you as well, that hearing of it proclaimed through real life experience led you to the desire to study. So hearing made you want to read, basically. Yes. And yes. took you to the original text written by John Paul II. <laughs> yeah. Now it's not it's not the usual starting place. It's not the place that we would recommend starting. There are plenty of amazing um, beginner guides to, to these texts, but it is the deepest and the most authentic route into the teaching. And it is also a very hefty book. <laughs> who, are you, who are you talking just in physical size there? It, <laughs> it's, physically, it's a very, very thick book. Yeah. It's also intellectually a very, very hefty book. So what would you kind of see as you know perhaps some problems or some obstacles that people might encounter trying to read that text and what are your thoughts on how we might be able to overcome them yeah so I think this is a really interesting question because actually as I was praying through this kind of you know these questions that you had sent me before the interview actually the first obstacle that came to mind was resistance within our own hearts wow um, because yes. and actually I think that's probably the biggest obstacle that we have to get over because the reality is that none of us have come through life unscathed um, we've all traveled through we have wounds we have bruises and when they're poked they hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> and the nature of theology of the body is that it's gonna poke those wounds and mm-hmm. those bruises it touches on so much of my own personal junk that I'm carrying around, my emotional baggage, my struggles and my difficulties. Um, But we also have to recognise that really the area of greatest resistance will always lead to great breakthrough. And so if we can be humble and honest and open, with the Lord God tends to bring things up when we're ready to deal with them and just to trust that if some wounds and some bruises you know get poked and start to hurt that actually what we hold on to is this is truth that can bring freedom and healing and to try and push through that resistance I think And really trust there's always, when we talk about discernment and things like that, it's always my big thing that I love to talk about. But the two kind of basic things you start with is that God is good and trustworthy and that I am loved. Mm -hmm. And so if you believe that God is good and trustworthy, then what he has to say, you know, is worth listening to. And when we trust that I am loved and really believe that, it means that we trust God when he brings those things up that need kind of addressing. Not, not what the world hears, though, isn't it, from the Christian message? It's, it's like that's the opposite of what people think of when they think of what, what the Christian message is. So important to, to reinforce that. Yeah, absolutely. It, God is just so gentle 
yeah, when there's stuff that needs addressing in our hearts. And I think alongside that kind of sense of an obstacle being resistance, the other one that came to mind was actually about process and the fact that our our society desires quick answers and quick fixes. And theology of the body is not <laughs> a quick answer or a quick fix. I know that we've talked about this before. There's a reason why JP2 starts with Jesus talking about the beginning, you know, and with TOB, it's a process. You have to go from the beginning. You can't just dip in and out of it. It doesn't make sense. It's a systematic theology, which means that you have to go through the process. Mm -hmm. And JP2 is not particularly linear as well. He's a bit kind of circular and goes around and goes deeper into points and things like that. So you kind of have to start from the beginning, work your way through and know as well that that JP2 is a what we call a phenomenologist. I love that word. Yeah. Phenomenologist, which means that he starts from human experience. Right. So often systematic theology starts from theory and applies it to experience. What JP2 does is he starts from experience and then says, what does that teach us about God Mm -hmm. and about the truth of God's plan? And so kind of recognising our own experiences in what he's talking about, I think, as well, is a really good and important part of the process. It has to be kind of head um, and heart. Mm -hmm. And personally, I would say that that means that really the best way you can't really learn TOB, you have to experience it. Mm -hmm. And so like a retreat is the best way. Um, to do that or to journey with some other people so whether that's a book study or whether it's like listening to the this podcast and then chatting to friends about it journeying with other people is a really important part of experiencing and trying to put TOB into reality of our lives if that Mm. makes sense yeah yeah absolutely Mm. yeah um so we, we've had some some fantastic uh, terms already. Some other ones you mentioned before, but we we think that that perhaps one of the biggest barriers to people understanding the message of theology of the body, in particular, what the the, you know, the, the words that that John Paul II uses. Um, you know, he's a very we said before he's a very intellectual person, and he uses a lot of philosophical language. What what do you think about about that in terms of his writing? And have you got any ways for us to overcome that kind of philosophical Aristotle, Aquinas type language that he uses? Any ways to help people engage with that? Yeah, so I think, I mean, Esther already mentioned it a little bit, but I wouldn't suggest starting with the original texts. Mm. I think that's the first thing. So as I said, ideally, maybe experience a retreat or a walkthrough or beginner's talk kind of thing, or start with one of the theology of the body for beginners or theology of the body explained or called to love one of those books that kind of helps explain and grasp the basics before yeah, you head in. On the show notes yeah, for definitely. the day as well. Mm. Yeah, so they'll all be on the show links and we can, yeah, what they do is they explain some of those terms um, and mm. kind of walk you through 
yeah, just kind of the broad brushstroke of, yeah, of TAB. That's what those books do so that you kind of work your way up. It's like a well that when you start digging, the water is very murky and muddy Mm. um, and you have to keep digging deeper and deeper to get the clear, pure water. So it, it can feel like the first time you hear the theology of the body teaching from beginning to end, it, you're like, I don't really get it. Or <laughs> I haven't, there will be this sense of not being able to grasp it. Yeah. And that's okay, because it's so huge. Just keep going, keep digging. And gradually, it will become clearer and clearer what it means for you personally. Because I think also, as I said before, you have to personalize it and personalize the experience. And then the final thing I'd say is don't be proud sit there with a dictionary <laughs> like that's what I do I sit there and I google the terms that I don't understand mm. don't get caught up in the I should be able to do this I should be able to understand this actually yeah look up concepts there are philosophical dictionaries online or just google definitions of mm. words and then also find some people you can ask questions of so whether that's like sending something into the podcast here whether that's a priest that you know who's a good spiritual director and um, find some people to journey with and grapple with the language and the content yeah. together like don't journey alone and don't be proud look it up um yeah in a dictionary or the catechism but don't be proud I think that's really key because it was making me think actually of earlier you mentioned something about sort of wounds and things that this might hit and I was thinking um, as Matt was introducing the idea of the philosophical language that for many of us that might be that wound and so we're hitting that first obstacle right at the very beginning before you've even read a page really you know there's all those lies that can come in this is above me I'm not <laughs> clever enough to read yeah. this I'll never understand it it's just rubbing those things in and um, and so yeah I think that it's kind of hard to hear don't be proud sometimes but actually within that there is an invitation already to be receiving that healing and saying okay I'm you know I'm not going to be beaten by that wound I'm already gonna take a stand against it yeah. and embrace this as an opportunity to work through it by putting aside that pride and saying okay I, I am gonna google this word or I am gonna ask someone about it and accept that not understanding that word doesn't make me think that is the lie um, or whatever other light is that's coming in, already being able to challenge that through that first experience of trying to read the text. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even one of the key things about theology of the body is that it begins from this place of looking at um, the disposition of heart, of humanity, of the fact that we are designed as receptive beings. You know, like God is the one that initiates and humanity is the one that is receptive. Mm -hmm. and, and Our Lady, Mary, Mother of Jesus, she is such a model in this. Her receptivity mm -hmm. to the Holy Spirit conceives life within her, you know, the incarnation. And so actually, I think prayer is also key to overcoming that pride and the wounds is that sense of asking Jesus and Mary to walk with us as we kind of enter in and walk through together in a really humble and receptive, yeah, kind of way, um, disposition and attitude. 
Yeah, mm. absolutely. That first line of the uh, of the catechism, I think, isn't it? That says something like, "We love God because He first loved us." Yeah. Yeah, definitely true. Yeah, so we start by receiving. Mm. Now, this is something that we have already talked about, and I'm sure we will talk about it lots and lots of times again over the course of these podcasts, just to, to really kind of bring home that theology of the body is not just sex. And <laughs> you mentioned that at the very beginning in your introduction as well. So it's not purely about sex. It is about that human experience. But it also does cast a light on Catholic sexual ethics teaching yeah. in a very particular way. But what would you say is kind of the one thing that separates theology of the body from Catholic sexual ethics teaching and what makes it so unique in that way? Yeah, so for me, theology of the body, the thing that sets it apart is that it doesn't answer any particular, um, you know, sexual ethics question Mm. or moral dilemma but it, it mm. seeks to present us with the worldview in which that teaching makes sense. Yes. So it doesn't change any of the statements that the church has made on moral issues. What it does is it says, this was the original plan. And if you enter into it, this is how you're going to make sense of mm-hmm. the teachings of the church and and why they are what they are. And so for me, um, I heard it described like Chinese whispers, um, you know, that actually the, the message gets changed so much as it goes down the line that if you're at the end, you can't just ask the person next to you what the, mess- what the original message was because they're the one that's just told you the wrong thing. Mm. You have to go back to the beginning. You have to go back to the person that had the original idea for the message, first of all. Um, and that's what TOB does. It takes us back to God's original plan for humanity in to a world where all of this makes sense. And it's so much bigger than just sex and ethics and marriage. It's about, yeah, just what it, as we've said before, what it means to be human, um, how that there's this unique calling as humans that's inscribed in our bodies, you know, to love, to be loved, to make a gift of ourselves, to mirror the love of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, I heard it described as well like this, that it's like a garden on the top of a, or like on the edge of a cliff that has like a wall around it on the cliff edge. And most people are so obsessed with the wall and what's on the other side of it, not realising that actually there's a, you know, a 40 foot drop that's going to kill them, that they don't turn around and enjoy the rest of the garden. And for me, that's what TOB does. It says, trust the plan, trust the boundaries that have been given to you, because actually that's true freedom. Mm. So on the other side of the wall is not true freedom. Actually, it's death because you're going to fall. What is true freedom is turning around and enjoying the garden for what it is and the beauty of it. I think the idea of making sense of it, you know, makes sense, ironically. (laughs) Like, you know, I suppose a very simplistic example is my Catholic education as a teenager told me consistently, don't have sex before marriage. I knew that was a rule in the Catholic Church, but it didn't tell me why. Mm. And it wasn't for a decade later, you know, it wasn't until a decade later that 
that's what theology of the body did it suddenly then started to give me that oh I understand why that's what I've always been told now you know if if I look at the world this way and if I look at other people this way it's not just a rule the church has given me arbitrarily Mm. it's a case of positively choosing to view somebody and to treat somebody in the way that their dignity and their humanity deserves I think some of us are rule followers and so they're okay with just being told you know this is the rule this is the moral guidelines the ethics whatever um but actually a lot of people are not rule followers and they need the why in order to understand why the rule exists Mm. and also it's because following rules can be just about actions and not about the heart and actually God wants the heart and that's what this is about as well and it's interesting because in the catechism in the introduction to prayer it's really beautiful if you ever read it and the introduction to the chapter on prayer talks about the heart as the place that where we pray it's the secret place where we are um you know in solitude before the Lord Um, And it's the place where decisions are made. And actually what God says through theology of the body is, I want your heart. Mm. I don't just want you to be doing the right thing because you're you're meant to do the right thing. I want your heart to be with me in the right way of seeing the world and seeing others and in right relationship and right order, because that's what's going to bring you abundant life and joy and happiness um in whatever circumstances you face actually so much truth so much so much depth in in all of that yeah gosh I feel like I've had the theology of the body just preached to me again uh, <laughs> in this phase of this conversation all yeah all the time all we time. need to hear it so much yeah. over and over again it's like the gospel message there's something new for us every time every we come time. back to it mm. so yeah fantastic okay we're gonna we're gonna wrap up there Gemma thank you so much for sharing your wisdom Mm. with us and sharing your insights pleasure and also just for being so you know so honest and so open I think this is going to bless a lot of people hearing your hearing your personal experience with theology of the body and things as well so that's great um before we before we wrap up just to say to to our listeners obviously Gemma is one of our team as part of uh eternity project the three of us you know do this do this together but but Gemma how can people get in touch with you if there's something perhaps that you've said that has really stood out for them how can they how can they contact you yeah so um, there's a couple of different ways you can contact me you can send a message through instagram so either on the eternity project instagram or my own personal one is at g wildsmith um so you can send me a direct message on instagram or you can email us um, at Eternity Project, our email address is uketernityproject at gmail.com. I got it right. Mm-hmm. uketernityproject at gmail.com. So yeah, email me, direct message me on Instagram. I love to chat. I love to walk with people. I love to answer questions. I have quite, an, yeah, I suppose, yeah, lots of stuff I've been through in my life that I can relate to lots of different people. So yeah, just... Mm-hmm bring it on okay Okay. 
Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to head over to our website, eternityproject.co.uk, where you can sign up to receive updates on all of our new content, including podcasts, blog posts, and other spiritual reflections on theology of the body. Please also consider giving us a five-star review on whatever podcast app you use and sharing our work with your friends and family. Spread the word. We'll see you next time.